What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward today with Timothy Thomas, a leadership consultant and the founder of Makarios Consulting, where he focuses on training design, executive coaching, team development, and 360 appraisal processes. He is the co-author of three books, Head Trash, Leading on Purpose, and his newest book, Head Trash 2, Dealing with and Overcoming Other People's Junk. Welcome, Timothy. How are you today? Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing great. It is wonderful to have you on the show. I'm really, really excited because you've got such a great book, and I know that our listeners are going to be able to relate to a lot of what's covered in the book, Head Trash 2, which is actually a sequel, and that I think they'll be able to benefit from hearing a little bit about your story and ways that people can kind of deal with head trash in the work environment. So I was wondering, I only covered just a very, very brief part of the intro. If you could share a little bit about yourself and your career journey with our listeners. Sure, John. I appreciate that very much. Yes, uh, I began my career, uh, believe it or not, as an ordained Presbyterian minister. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, I transitioned out of that in 1997 and quickly discovered there wasn't a great uh, need for ex-ministers in the marketplace. So I had to reinvent myself, as it were, Mm -hmm. and uh, went back to school and earned a second master's degree, this one in training and organization development. And while doing that, I worked in various jobs, including in uh, the pharmaceutical industry and also in banking for four and a half years. And then in 2004, I threw caution to the wind and with no clients and no money and borrowing $7,500 for sales training for me, I started my own leadership consulting firm. And here, 12 years later, I've had the privilege and the good fortune of traveling the world, uh, training and coaching leaders. Timothy, I got to ask you, and this is a question that I everyone has that moment. What was that like for you, just making that leap in 2004? Yeah, I'm, I'm generally speaking a security-based person, uh, given my background and my growing up. Uh, which was unfortunately uh, pretty much in the whole realm of poverty, both mm-hmm. of, of of finance and of spirit. And so I'm basically a security-based person. But the pivot happened, John, because while I was successful in the banking industry, it was not fulfilling to me. Um, I was certainly helping people in their businesses, but I really wasn't helping people directly. And that's a, that's my passion. That's what gets me up in the morning. And so I I felt I just needed to do that. And so I took the risk and I took the jump. That's fantastic. And I know that for moving forward listeners, a lot of us can relate to this, Timothy, that feeling that I may be in a job, but it's not what gets me up in the morning. It's not what drives me. I know I had that experience when I was practicing law and then later in corporate America. And it's, it's something that resonates with so many people. But I would love for you to share a little bit about head trash. So what kind of got you into writing about this particular subject? And for our listeners who may be hearing about this for the first time, can you define exactly what head trash is? Sure. Yes, we define head trash as the thought patterns and emotional tendencies that hinder people's ability uh, to respond to issues in productive 
and or professional ways mm. that get in the way of success in mm. your life. And, and we talk about seven you know, specific forms of head trash that we've seen in our work, especially in working with leaders that can derail leaders. Yeah. And they are things like control and insecurity, arrogance, paranoia, anger, fear, and guilt. Those are sort of the seven deadly sins that we saw again and again and again in leaders. And my, my co-author, Tish Squalaro and I, we're sitting around one day um, sort of talking shop about our clients, and I, she was talking about a CEO she was working with, and I said, boy, that guy has a lot of head trash. <laughs> and she said, wow, that's an interesting phrase. Why don't you tell me about that? And I had actually learned about head trash in the context of taking sales training for myself and how all salespeople have certain head trash that they have to overcome in order to be successful. So I described that to her and she looked at me and she said, we got to write a book about that. <laughs> and it, if you knew Tish, boy, when she gets an idea, it's going to happen. Yeah. And so we started working on a book. And three years later, uh, the first book in the Head Trash series called Head Trash, Cleaning Out the Junk That Stands Between You and Success was born. And uh, it does deal with those seven forms of head trash. It gives you a quick quiz to check and see if, if you suffer from that form of head trash. And then it gives you concrete ideas about how to manage that head trash so that, um, you know, it doesn't get in the way. Now, all seven of those emotions, right, are normal to being a human being, right, John? Sure. The, the problem is, though, it becomes head trash when we, we say it crosses a line. Mm. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. We all should have healthy fear, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? It keeps we, us alive, if, right? Yeah. Exactly. So if we're hiking you know, in the mountains and we see a poisonous snake, it's probably a good idea to have some fear around that, right? Yes. Uh, when fear becomes head trash is when it paralyzes us. Absolutely. It keeps us from moving forward, from making decisions or from having the difficult conversations, for instance, with an employee because we're just so fearful. Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes head trash. That's when it becomes unhealthy. And that's what we've sort of um, looked at in that first book. Now, interestingly, uh, right after the first book was written, we started holding seminars about head trash. We would get leaders together in the room and put them through a day-long seminar, which they really appreciated. And it was very dynamic and helpful. But what was interesting, at the end of the session, invariably, John, people approached us and said, hey, Tim, really great stuff. Thank you for helping me understand my head trash. But boy, is there anything you can give me to help me deal with other people's head ah. trash? My employees, my boss, my peers, my spouse – my extended family. And that's how Head Trash 2 was born. Yeah. And that's the sequel, as you called the it sequel. at the beginning of this interview. Yeah. And it's called Head Trash 2, Dealing With and Overcoming Other People's Junk. Yeah. And so that's the second book uh, in the series, the Head Trash series. That's fantastic. So that's the sort of the, the genesis of it. I love it because, I, you know, the first book, you're really kind of being reflective and introspective and looking at your own head trash. But I think this is so, so important. This is so timely, too, to have a – to take that concept of head trash and really look at it in terms of your work environment, the people that you interact with, the people who rely on you, that you rely on. And so I've got to ask him, I mean, what was it like kind of exploring that? Like, was there any resistance to, uh, you know, people saying, well, why should I be dealing with other people's head trash? 
Not really. It was just the opposite. As you know, relationships are extremely complex. Yes. Uh, and yet critical to our existence, whether it's in your family or in the workplace, in the community, wherever it is. And there was just enough pain and frustration out there that people were open to this whole mm. concept. In fact, they wanted to know more uh, because relationships are so key. And, and who wants to live in miserable relationships? And none of us wants to live like that. So Absolutely. there was actually a, a great pull for this information. That's that's I think that's incredible. And, and I'm going to say it again. I think it, it is such a timely book. And in, in this environment, you know, whether it's the corporate environment or, you know, what we see in media, I think this is just something that is so needed. Tim, so I've got to ask you, as someone who does so much and has done so much, you've made so many career pivots, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? Well, a great question. And for me, it's knowing my purpose and living out my purpose. That's what puts my feet on the ground and gets me running every day. And I have discovered over time that my purpose is to serve others and to help them reach their highest potential. Yeah. That has always been my passion. It drives me every single day. And that's really what it is. And so I would encourage your listeners, take the time to reflect. And what, however you do that, whether that's meditation, prayer, journaling, talking with others, having a mentor, therapy, spiritual direction, whatever that is, discover your purpose and then live it out. It's the only way to live, in my opinion. I have a bias in doing this. As you said earlier, you you worked in a job, but it wasn't your vocation. Absolutely. And now you've found your vocation, and there's a big difference, right? Oh, vocation sure. coming, yeah, vocation coming from the Latin word meaning to call. So it's your calling. One of my favorite authors is a novelist by the name of Frederick Beekner, and his definition of vocation has always struck me. And here it is: your vocation is the place. God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. If you can find that, boy, that, that's a blessing. Yeah. And that's what gets me excited every day. Thank you very much for sharing that, Tim. Sure. Absolutely. And moving forward, listeners, I think this is such an important takeaway. I mean, look at what is ahead of you in the day. Is it a job or is it a vocation? And I love the way Tim just broke that down. I mean, vocation, calling, what is your passion? What is your purpose? That's what should be getting you up in the morning. It shouldn't have to be 12 cups of coffee and you begrudgingly just getting out of bed. You should really think about and take that time to really look at what are your drivers. So I really love that, Tim. But Tim, as you know, part of this journey, especially the entrepreneurial journey, is about facing sometimes very tough setbacks and failures. And I was wondering if you could share with our listeners maybe a time where you faced a trial, a, a setback, a failure, something that at the time really seemed insurmountable. But out of that came that aha moment where you realize, okay, this is where I really need to pivot or shift course. Yes. Yeah, so ironically, um, it was just two months after the publication of the first Head Trash book, you know, Head Trash, cleaning out the junk that stands between you and success. Ironically, uh, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Oh, my gosh. Which um, my wife jokingly said later, once I recovered from that, hey, the next time you write a book, why don't you, you know, entitle it, I'm a billionaire or something like that, you know, as opposed to Head Trash, because I, I literally had Head Trash. Mm. Um, so I went through surgery in July of 2013, just three years ago, 
um, I have successfully and completely recovered. Now, I will tell you that that experience, I mean, when your family doctor calls you after an MRI and says, you know, you have a mass on your brain and I want you to report to this hospital right away, uh, that makes you sit up and, and pay attention, as yeah. I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. And I had always been a person who wanted to serve others um, and and found that as my passion. But that was even more amplified uh, after surviving that very harrowing experience. Mm. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, the recovery was long. It was hard. It was difficult. Um, but here we are today and fully healthy and pushing forward. And I'm even more committed um, to serving others and helping them reach their full potential. So it it was, it was um, not so much a pivot as it was a re-energizing, refocusing, uh, recommitting uh, to moving forward. I love that. And Tim, thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners today. I think something going through something like that, which I can't even imagine, I mean, I, I, it it really kind of gives you that perspective, I think, to, to get through something like that. And I love it. You know, for you, it was that reminder. It was that great reminder. We're on this earth for such a short period of time. And you know your purpose. It it really refocuses, re-energizes you. And I think moving forward, listeners, every day is a gift. You have to look at every day as a gift, not as a repeat of what we did yesterday or last week. If you're on autopilot, it's not the way you should be living your life. And Tim, it just sounds like you see every day as a gift. And I think that is so powerful. Oh, there's no question. Our, our time is so limited, and and I think we we get churned up and upset about the wrong things. We waste a lot of emotional cycles on head trash, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, in, instead of living out of that purpose, and and so great advice that you just gave your listeners. Each day is a gift. Live it to its fullest. Yeah, absolutely. And we're now ready for the knowledge burst session. And, you know, what I've been doing lately is I've been switching it up with some particular guests. And uh, so I'd like Tim to share a little bit about the subject of head trash. You know, he's written or co-written two great books on it. So, Tim, I'm going to ask you, we have listeners, many of whom are thinking about career shifts or maybe starting a business. So in studying the subject, have you picked up, are there any sort of telltale signs that someone should look for if they're thinking about making a change or leaving their current work environment? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So first of all, if you're feeling uncomfortable in your current situation, some things that are usually present that indicates that there's head trash in the environment, right, mm-hmm. are, is it a fear-based environment? That, mm-hmm. that is without question number one. Um, and, and how I define that is you feel like you're constantly walking on eggshells. You feel like you cannot be yourself. You cannot share your truth in that environment. That, that is a telltale sign that there is all kinds of head trash going on in that environment. Could be such things as anger. Could be certainly such things as control. There might even be insecurity floating around in that area. There could be guilt and paranoia also. Anytime there's fear based. And if if you're debating, hey, should I get out of that environment? My recommendation is yes. (laughs) If you need that, if you need that push, that's that's usually a test um, 
for the, for the for the head trash. I, I call it that knot in the stomach. If you're walking yeah. around and you feel like you you know you've got that knot in your stomach, and you, I think so many of our listeners can relate to that. So that's a really great piece of advice, Tim. So and, and I think a lot of that comes down to you. You trust your gut. You got to go with your instincts, right? If something is, you know, and I think that could be head trash too. It's like it's preventing you from really knowing what you probably intuitively feel. Yeah, and my experience has been people stay in those environments too long. And for the wrong I, reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Life's too short. Don't don't stay for a paycheck. Don't. Yeah. Please. I think that is such a great quote for today. Don't stay just for a paycheck. I, I think that really encapsulates it. Tim, share a strategy for handling. I think one of the, the key or one of the most common and pervasive pieces of head trash is arrogance. And especially in a manager or boss, do you have a strategy that you can share from the book about dealing with that, it, particularly with someone who's in maybe a superior position? Yes, uh, it, it is fraught with danger. And there are a couple of things that I would recommend. Uh, number one, when dealing with the arrogant leader uh, in your life, you have to find the right time to have the discussion. Mm. That That's critical. So many people in the heat of the moment when the leader's being arrogant, they want to just jump forward and say, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you're being a jerk, right? Oh, yeah. And and that's not the right time to do it. Um, take a step back, take a deep breath, develop a strategy, set up a time specifically to talk to the leader about their behavior. All right. And don't make it an accusation in the heat of the moment. So that would be sort of lesson number one on dealing with the arrogant leader. The second one is don't take the bait. Don't mm. debate. <laughs> yeah. Don't take the bait. Don't debate. Right. Yeah. Most arrogant leaders are also extremely intelligent people, right? Yes. And if you get into a battle with them back and forth, it to, to the arrogant person, that means game on. Mm. And now I must win. And so now it becomes um, a debate back and forth instead of a dialogue about how we can work more productively together, yeah. right? So be very careful not to take the bait. Yeah. Uh, another thing with arrogant people is sometimes it's necessary to call a timeout. Hmm. Uh, when an arrogant person is on one of their bends, and that's what I like to call them, right? Um, they they can be insufferable, yeah. and so you just have to say, "Hey, time out. You know, I, I need to take a break from this conversation. Can we reconvene at a later time?" Hmm. Right? I think that's critical as well. And also, sometimes you're going to find it necessary to bring in a third party. Hmm. Um, patterns start to develop between arrogant people and the people who are on the receiving end of that. One pattern is the person on the receiving end might say, what's the use? There's no use talking to this guy or there's no use talking to this woman. Why are we even – why am I even wasting my time? And when that happens, now the relationship has started to fall apart and you might need to bring a third party in. And that's where we're particularly good in our work. We're constantly doing interventions in organizations um, to deal with head trash situations. And so especially with that arrogant one, you may need to bring in that third party um, different set of eyes, impartial, that can mediate a conversation with the arrogant person. So that would be sort of four tips that I would give you that we talk about in the book. Wow. We got four knowledge bursts for dealing with what I think a lot of people sometimes have to suffer f through. And I think the big takeaway, Tim, is that a lot of times – 
these toxic relationships end up becoming cycles and then people are just repeat, replay, repeat, replay, and then the frustration and the escalation. And I love just these simple tips that you've given about finding the right time, I think, is a big one. A lot of times we don't recognize, well, wait a minute, this might not be the right time or environment. Let's pick another time and that alone may be able to diffuse some of that tension and then recognizing sometimes you got to step away. I think that's also huge. And then bringing in the third party. I think that's something that a lot of people don't consider. And I, I think it's great that that you and Tish are doing that, that you're helping companies who may be in those cycles and then being that outside third party to bring that f- fresh air in there so that people won't get caught up in those toxic cycles. I think that's really fantastic. And John, if it would be helpful to your listeners, I might also like to share some of the things that when I'm coaching a person with arrogance, head trash, some of the things I coach them on, would that be helpful as well? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Okay. So the first one is um, I try my best to help them to cultivate, cultivate a sense of humility, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, you know, humility is a virtue, yes. right? Uh, and, and so we try to say, okay, stop thinking less about yourself. We know you're smart. You don't have to tell us that you're the smartest person in the room. We get that, okay? Um, put the other person first. That's one thing we coach them. Um, second is to acknowledge when they have hurt others. Yeah. And to apologize. <laughs> oh, <such laughs> to apologize. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, Marshall Goldsmith, uh, the great leadership coach who's known as America's leadership coach, uh, one of the key things he does in his coaching with people is if, if the person he is coaching has caused damage uh, on the team, he part of the process is they must apologize. Yeah. Otherwise, he won't work with them. And and I think that's that's important. So acknowledge your shortcomings, apologize where you have hurt others. Uh, also, be very clear about what you're going to do to change your behavior. Um, so I will, if I'm coaching someone with arrogance, head trash, we put a plan together, right? And we say, here's the things you need to change. And then I have them share that with, with the team so that now they have an accountability structure in place. So that, that's, that's another thing that we use. And then finally, um, give credit where it's due. Arrogant people with arrogance, head trash, for whatever reason, seem to have a problem giving positive reinforcement to others for a job well done. It's almost like it somehow diminishes them, which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, it, I think it's so true yeah. because a lot of people, and I've dealt with arrogant people in, in, in various different capacities, and they sometimes will see uh, an accomplishment as a zero-sum game, right? If, uh, if I have yes. to acknowledge someone else, that means uh, somehow it, it diminishes the effort I put into it, therefore making it a zero-sum game, when in fact it's not. I think that is, that's huge. Yes. So give credit to other people. So those are some of the things that I encourage uh, the actual sufferer of head trash yeah. uh, to, to look at. Well, actually, this leads perfectly into the third knowledge burst question. So if you're dealing with, let's say, someone who has a lot of head trash and, you know, especially as the subject of head trash, too, is dealing with other people's junk, uh, as the subtitle says, do you have any practices so that the other person's head trash doesn't start to invade your headspace? Because this is this is a question that I'm particularly interested in because sometimes, you know, it's it's hard to shake those things off if, you know, you have a colleague, a partner, uh, you know, a boss, 
And their head trash has gotten to the point where it's so visceral and toxic. And I've talked to other people who've dealt with this situation. How do you how do you make sure that it doesn't start eating away at you? That it doesn't start occupying space in your in your head space? Yeah, and it's very difficult. And this is an excellent question. The first thing you have to do is set boundaries. Hmm. You must set emotional boundaries, physical boundaries, psychological boundaries um, with within yourself that if X, Y, and Z starts to happen with this person, um, I have to get out of the situation. Uh, and and that can be emotionally or psychologically or physically in some instances, especially if anger is the head trash you're dealing with because sometimes that can get very explosive. Absolutely. So it's literally about boundary setting. That is number one. And if you if you have a hard time with that, seek out help in how to do that, right? And of course, Tish and I both can can help um, in that regard. If if any of your listeners need coaching in that area, we're happy to provide that. So boundary setting is absolutely critical. Um, number two, I would say it's also important um, to seek to understand. Hmm. Seek to understand. Um, where, where is the other person coming from? Why, why are they behaving, you know, in this way? Um, which is, is a movement toward compassion. Yeah. Now hear, hear me well, if there's abuse involved, you got to get out. I'm I'm not suggesting that in any way, you know, if you're being abused, you're out period. That's, that's too serious. You know, you're not going to sit around seeking understanding in that situation, but in the vast majority of cases, head trash does not necessarily lead to what we would call abuse. And so, uh, a movement toward compassion and understanding is is important. Uh, the next thing I think is critical is um, don't don't add fuel to the fire. Hmm. If if you feel you're being affected by someone's someone else's head trash, um, don't for instance broadcast it over uh, social media, right. <laughs> which we see a lot. I mean, some of these Facebook posts, my, like, oh my God, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> um, don't exacerbate the problem. Right. Um, take, as we said earlier, take that step back. Um, and you know, the, the, the third thing that I would say, John, which is um, as painful as it can be, sometimes you have to end the relationship. Yeah. Sometimes you have to walk away. Um, and that can be painful and it can be disruptive, uh, to your life and to other people's lives, but sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. I think really, really fantastic knowledge burst and moving forward listeners. If you're dealing with this in your work environment, then I think Tim has just shared some incredible knowledge burst on today's episode on how to deal with that, but also how to not let it get to you. And I think that is so important to have those boundaries, you know, the emotional boundaries, the physical boundaries. And also if you need to, to seek help from someone else, you know, Tim and Tish, they work in this area. So thank you so much for sharing those, Tim. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I want to acknowledge, you know, we switched up the knowledge verse at the very last minute and Tim, you, you just like knocked them all out, you know? So thank you so much for doing that. Really appreciate it. Sure. No, not a problem at all, John. I've really enjoyed this. Absolutely. Me too. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. 
Tim, we have listeners from many different backgrounds in many different parts of the world, and some of whom they're struggling. I mean, they're not yet at the point where they see the vocation, the calling, the purpose in what it is they do. So what is one small step or one thing that Moving Forward listeners can start doing today to move forward? Carve out some time to sit down and really figure out what it is that turns you on. Mm. Spend some time in the quiet meditation around what is it that that turns me on? What is my passion? What really drives me? Yeah. Um, and one way to do that is to look back at the times in your life when you felt A, the happiest, B, the most joy, and C, the most fulfilled. Mm. What were you doing during those times? And that's a good place to start to figure out where your passion is, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's one very practical thing. Also, um, now, having said that, you can't spend, in my opinion, too much time doing that, right? Right. <laughs> because right. we can navel gaze and, and, and never find our passion, sure. right? So spend some time, think about it, and then put a, put a, a, a mini plan into place and then start action, yeah. right? Massive, determined action. Don't wait for all the ducks to be lined up in a row. You can, you can change on the fly. You can change on the fly, right? Um, Don't be the type of person who gets ready to get ready to get ready to get ready before you act, right? And there are folks out there that that are like that. And that's usually the the head trash of insecurity, right? (laughs) Uh, What we call sometimes uh, paralysis by analysis or – Exactly, exactly. So so spend some time but then act, right? I mean that's that's how I I have built these two businesses, right? Massive determined action. Yeah. is how you bring about change and how you move forward. Uh, and and believe it or not, that's actually how I overcame, um, you know, how I helped to recover from brain surgery, right? Mm. So yes. you, you come you come home from the hospital and you're completely out of it. And, and so day one, you walk one driveway down the street, right? And day two, you walk two driveways. And day three, three driveways. And finally around day 10, my wife said to me, you know, because she's holding my arm, she says to me, all right, we're going to walk around the block. Yeah. And I said, what are you, crazy? I can't walk around the block. She said, we're walking around the block. Mm. And so we walked around the block. Now, I came back to the house and collapsed. <laughs> but from that point forward, it was it was easier, right? Yeah. And, and, and the recovery happened. So, But it was massive, determined action. Sure. It's the only way to go as far as I'm concerned. I love it. Moving forward, listeners, I think this is so important. Make the time carve out that time you know we especially if you're on those devices set up a calendar reminder we've had guests talk about actually putting it on your calendar to take that time take that quiet time find that meditative space and think about i love that practice tim of thinking about when you are most happy or fulfilled in your life as a starting point but the other side of that coin moving forward listeners is take action you've got to be in action you can't just sit around and think about what you want. I mean, that is important, but you've got to also start taking action. And I I love this. This is a, a lesson that I think we've heard so many times, Tim. Don't get caught up in spending five years trying to prepare something before you actually do it. You know, Perfection syndrome is another one of those things that can really hold us back. Be in action. I think that is literally the definition of moving forward. So Tim, thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners today. Absolutely. Tim, what is next for you? Well, we continue to do our work um, 
in in our consulting firms. Um, I am a leadership development consultant and sort of specializing in head trash. And so we've we've written these two books, and and we're going to continue in the process of of, of serving others in that way. Um, I'm also working um, in conjunction with a uh, medical doctor in Haiti right mm-hmm. now, helping to build a hospital in the Cap Haitian area of Haiti. Oh, wonderful! Um, so that's a that's a thing that I'm committed to right now. I'm, I'm always looking for ways to serve. Right, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And um, and my wife is now a clergy person as well. She's an Episcopal priest, so we're we're always um, very committed um, to serving others um, through the church as well. So that's a big part of our life, and and always looking for ways to do that. Awesome. And how can our listeners learn more about you, your work, and the services that you provide? If your listeners um, would would like more information around a head trash and and the services we provide and and how they can overcome that, um, would recommend that they um, check out our website, which is headtrash911.com. And on that site, which is a really cool free uh, um, index called the Head Trash Index, and it's uh, 28 questions, very quick to take, and you'll get instant feedback on what your top two forms of head trash are. We call that your head trash cocktail. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you'll get immediate feedback uh, and, and the severity of, of those two head trash and, and how they might be um, hindering your life and a couple of suggestions of what you can do about that. So that's, that's a little bit of fun and, and it's anonymous other than I get the results (laughs) (laughs) because we keep the data, right? We keep the data. And, uh, so if you had to guess, John, so we've, you know, thousands of people now taking the head trash index. If you had to guess, if you had to guess, which of the seven forms of head trash do you think has been the most common? Really? I would say anger and fear. Good guess. So fear is the number one. Is not surprising. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And by the way, that holds uh, across demographic areas as well, male, female. Interesting. Uh, locations, uh, age, uh, mm-hmm. fear remains the number one. And boy, again, as I said earlier, just turn on the evening news and you can see that. Yeah. So anyway, that that's one place they can. They can also check us out at Twitter uh, at headtrash nine one one or on Facebook, um, Facebook dot com uh, slash headtrash one. They can check us out there um, as well. Yeah. Oh, was I right on number two or was, was it a different uh, answer for the, when you said top two? Well, it, it's interesting because after, after fear, um, saying it depends on the demographic, depends on the category. Interesting. Um, interesting. It, it's different for women, different for men. Um, but fear is the number one, um, across all categories. Well, Tim, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to share your journey and your knowledge bursts and to share with our listeners a little bit about what head trash is, how to deal with it, and also how to manage it, and more importantly, how to move forward. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Excellent, John. appreciate it so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. And best wishes to all your listeners. Thank you. Moving forward, listeners, what a great episode. Timothy Thomas has provided so many knowledge bursts on dealing with head trash, not only in your life, but in the workspace. And I loved what he talked about. If you are looking at your life, your day-to-day as just going to a job and not as a vocation, if you're dealing with head trash in the workplace, maybe from a colleague, a boss, a team, or just the general environment, it may be time to start thinking about your next move, your next iteration, because think about Timothy Thomas's story. 
He not only has become an expert at pivoting, but dealing with head trash, both literally and figuratively. He's worked with many different companies. He's worked with many individuals on dealing with head trash, but he also had to deal with it in his own life. Having a brain tumor, having to deal with brain surgery, I mean, that is an experience that will give you such perspective on your life. We are not guaranteed a tomorrow. So if today is simply a pattern by the numbers, a paint by the numbers day, it's time to really rethink things. Take the time, carve out the time, as Tim had talked about today, to rethink what it is that turns you on. What is it What is it that gets you excited? When were you the most happy? But the other side of that is massive determined action. I love that phrase, massive determined action. Take action so that you can pivot, so that you can make the changes, so that you can have a fresh start, so that you can move away from maybe the head trash that's holding you back and start moving forward. And to learn more about Timothy Thomas, his great work, his books, and all of our extraordinary guests on Moving Forward, check us out at bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Have a great week, and join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.